Welcome, friends, to another episode of It Takes a Village, a podcast of Healing Hands International based out of Nashville, Tennessee. My name is still Mark Gent, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Taryn Foster. Hey, my name's still Taryn Foster, Your too. name is still Taryn Foster. Both of our names have stayed the same. Great. Who would have thought? So we are so excited to introduce doc- Dr. Ebenezer Udofia to the pod So this is a special episode because Mark and I won't actually be interviewing Ebenezer. Our good friend and co-worker Jessica Markwood took a trip to Africa and agreed to do an on-the-ground interview with him for us. So you will be listening to Jess and Ebenezer while they're literally in Africa, which I think is pretty cool. Ebenezer is the Director of African Agriculture and the Country Coordinator for Kenya. Uh, He has invested a lot of time and energy into his education, earning multiple master's degrees and a doctorate in agricultural studies. Uh, Ebenezer brings a great deal of experience to this position and plays a critical role in what is accomplished here at Healing Hands. So this episode spotlights our Hunger to Harvest ministry that is led by our very own Carl Berkeball. Formerly known as our agriculture ministry, Hunger to Harvest empowers communities to fight hunger by providing instruction on basic gardening techniques that can be used even in drought-prone areas. So, friends, sit back, relax, and without further ado, here is Jessica's conversation in Kenya with Ebenezer Udofia. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the It Takes a Village podcast. This is Jessica Markwood, Healing Hands Women of Hope coordinator, and I am guest hosting this week from Kenya, where we're visiting some of our Kenyan staff. And this week, I'm here with Dr. Ebenezer Udofia. He is our Director of African Agriculture and also our Kenya Country Director. So thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Ebenezer. Thank you for having me. (laughs) It's indeed an honor for me to feature in this podcast. Yes, we're so glad to have you. So this podcast is called It Takes a Village. So are you familiar with that saying? Yes, I have. In fact, it's... It makes sense in Africa. Yeah. It takes, it takes a village. <laughs> right. So at Healing Hands, we say it takes a village to do the work that we're doing mm-hmm. and to do the work that God has called us to do. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to come visit your village and find out what you're up to over here. We love to see you around. You are a big encouragement when you come around. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. So first, would you mind introducing yourself and then sharing Anything you want our listeners to know about you? My name is Dr. Ebenezer Udofia. Um, I'm a husband to a loving wife, Regina, and our marriage has been blessed with two children, our daughter Grace and our son Annette. I hold a PhD in agriculture and rural development, and I have been the Healing Hands, direct, uh, Healing Hands Director of Agriculture for Africa. This role I have been in the last 14 years. And I want our listeners to know that this man is a child of mercy. I always strive to be a positive role model to everyone I meet, mm-hmm. bringing hope mm-hmm. and encouragement in every situation. 
Yeah, we definitely see you doing that. And we're especially excited. You just recently got your PhD in agriculture and rural development. So congratulations on that. That's a great achievement. Yeah. So we're here in Kenya, but you're not from Kenya. Mm -hmm. Where are you from? I'm from Nigeria. So you were born in Nigeria on the other side of the continent in West Africa. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little about growing up in Nigeria? Growing up under the watchful eyes <laughs> of my dad and my stepmom mm-hmm. is something that I am grateful for. They, they molded me to a person that I am today. So I am great, so grateful to them for raising me up to be who I am. So in Nigeria, I, I lost my mom when I was around two. My dad was a missionary, mm-hmm. even though now late, he passed away last year. Mm. So, losing my mom, my dad has to take another wife, which is normal as a young preacher, mm-hmm. he has to have a wife. But in Nigeria, it takes a village to raise up a child. Uh-huh. You know, you have the aunties, you have mm-hmm. the uncles, you have the neighbors, the church family, and everyone were involved in my growing up. Mm-hmm. So, but again, growing up in an, an economical challenging environment, and not having a biological mother by your side mm-hmm. was challenging. Mm-hmm. But thanks to God, here am I. Yes. Mm-hmm. So how did you end up working for Healing Hands? I was running a very successful agricultural venture in northern Nigeria. Mm. And there I, I also fellowship with the church. In the church, was, uh, there was an American missionary by name Brad Black. He was trying to minister to, to the people, and predominantly, these were Muslims. Mm-hmm. You in can just northern go, Nigeria, in northern, not eastern Nigeria, yeah. to say that. You can only imagine an, an American in the midst of Muslims trying to minister. It was a bit difficult, mm-hmm. and it, they came. Um, Dave Gooseby, who was then. Um, agricultural director for for Healing Hands International. Mm-hmm. He came to fellowship and we shared. This was a mission. It was a missionary, and the Healing Hands is a church ministry. Mm-hmm. And I am a church member with talent, skills, and experience in in agriculture. Mm-hmm. And so we 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 shared with the Gooseby. We quickly connected and. I was inspired yeah. to see what Healing Hands was already doing mm-hmm. and what we can do together to minister to the people. So that was how I was inspired to come into Healing Hands International. That's great. And that was in early, that we talked with Dave Gooseby in late 2007. Okay. And I came on board to Healing Hands in January of 2008. So. And my first assignment was to coordinate the, the workshop that brought uh, ladies from Healing Hands International mm-hmm. to Medugri, Nigeria yeah. to host a workshop. And I think that was where the idea of Women of Hope was born. Yes. And it has been so successful up to now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've been involved in agriculture, but you're also partly responsible for launching Women of Hope too. Well, so to say. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been with us since 2008. So, at what point did you move from Nigeria to Kenya? Yeah, that is another, another journey of faith that we took. 
uh, we, I, I received a, a call from the office asking if I would consider or what would I think of moving to Kenya. I said, well, for me, <laughs> I don't think it's a bad idea, but I need to discuss that with my wife, mm -hmm. Regina. And thanks to her, after discuss, uh, letting her know the information, I asked her, what do you think? And she asked me back, you, what do you think? <laughs> I said, I think God is asking us to go to, to Nairobi. Yeah. She said, well, wherever he leads, we will follow. Mm. And that was the decision. So within two weeks after that discussion, I got back to the office, mm -hmm. uh, letting them know that, yes, I've spoken to my wife, and I think we are ready to move. Yeah. So it, by that time, it took us, within two weeks, we went up the plane, mm -hmm. heading to Nairobi. And wow. the office was so generous anyway. On the evening we arrived, the president, then president, uh, but now was, mm -hmm. and the fi vice president, uh, Chris Jingles, we arrived the same evening in Nairobi. Mm. And well, at the beginning, we said, let's try, give it a try for three months. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, we can get into the plane again and get back. Yeah. I so, guess it worked okay. So far, so good. <laughs> 11 years plus. Yeah. We are still here. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing God's goodness. You know, that was a big transition. I know mm -hmm. Kenya and Nigeria. Nigeria are very different. It is. Different East languages. <laughs> different food. Different, different cultures. cultures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what does your work look like in Kenya now? What kind of things are you doing? Well, uh, in Kenya, we are... Uh, uh, there's a program we call... Hunger to Harvest program. Yeah, Hunger to Harvest. Yes, it's just kind of, it's agricultural, mm -hmm. where we, we help people to produce food for themselves, and we help them in several ways, where the, in agriculture is very wide, we basically teach about um, drip irrigation system, mm -hmm. talk about, uh, teach about composting, mm -hmm. talk about mulching, talk about how to plant and sell basic uh, garden management skills and in some places we teach about them um, livestock raising yeah. and even food preservation techniques mm -hmm. we also drill water wells and places where we cannot drill water wells because it's a bit expensive mm -hmm. drilling in kenya uh, we hand out um water filters okay where we we do um we train women in um, do, for doing business mm -hmm. in a Christian way, yeah. and then we we hand out ma magic boxes. Mm -hmm. We all just all we do is to give hope to for everyone. Yes, yes. So all of the healing hands ministries are happening in Kenya, really, and you're overseeing all of that. We are transforming villages. Mm -hmm. God is helping us to do the work. Yeah. Yes. So you're a busy man. <laughs> well, just being playing a little role in what God is doing yes. in the life of his people. So how have you seen God transforming people's lives through the work that you're a part of? Wow, mightily. You know, it would have just been if God was not involved after we decided to relocate to Kenya, that we would not be received. But on, a, on the first moment that we arrived in Kenya, we have been well received. Mm. And talking about Seeing God in what we do, everywhere we go, we find favors, open doors, 
they are so welcoming and God used so many people to help us do the work that we do. Mm-hmm. I want to give an example. The work, the work that we did in Oyaro. Mm-hmm. Oyaro is a, it's a small village in Western Kenya. We were invited to that village and then we're shown a source of water that, um, that is the only source of water in that community and the water is being shared between the animals and the humans. Mm. A head of cattle rush into that same water where people were fishing. They start drinking and mm. they poop in the water. Yeah. Even me being an African, mm. no, that was something else. Yeah. So we have the, the local preacher there called Fred Munga. I asked Fred, if you were to ask for help, what would that be? And he said, water. Mm-hmm. We sent that report back to Healing Hands International. And Healing Hands, we prayed together and God provided the funds for a water well to be drilled. We, drill, we began the drilling of the water. There were some challenges. Yeah. There has never been any water well drilled in that area. A lot of obstacles. The joy that came when the drilling equipment came mm-hmm. soon vanished. Because water was not forthcoming. Yeah. It turned from happiness to anger. Yeah. And the people even speak, where is that God? You say you are worshipping. Mm. And we reported this. Everyone joined her in praying. To cut the long story short, what abundance of water was found. Wow. Clean water was provided. And over 80 people have come to come to receive Jesus Christ and have been baptized. Mm. A church has been built. Agriculture has been taught. Women are being, have been taught to do business mm-hmm. and they are doing great. The lives are being transformed. So this is one example of God right. being involved in what we are doing. Mm-hmm. And that is seen across, not just in Kenya, but across Africa. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. So what is one of your favorite parts about this job and this role that you're in? One of the favorite part of my job is when you see lives being transformed. Mm-hmm. I, I happen to grow up in an economically challenged environment. Yeah. Talking about a two-year-old child often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then... In growing up, you know, when you wake up in the morning, food is, is a privilege. Yeah. It's not a right. Mm-hmm. So when you see food, you eat. And now you have to walk distance mm-hmm. to go get water. Mm-hmm. That water might not be clean water, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. And so being able to be involved, play a role, and knowing that people are still in this same situation, that makes that is one of the favorite parts that I love so much. Yeah. Being able to play a role to help people help themselves, mm-hmm. that is very important for me. Yeah. yeah. But we know that's also a long work that goes slowly and there's lots of challenges. So what are, what are some of the biggest challenges that you face in your work? Yeah, there's one thing, number one challenge that I face in my work. As you can know already, if from, from the little you've seen about me, I love my family. Yeah. And I love my job. Mm-hmm. 
my job requires me traveling every now and then. Yeah. Traveling and leaving my family is the child one of the challenges that I've seen. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I I I talk to my children while I talk to my wife, and they all know we discuss about it. We said, you know, that has to work. We encourage hard work. Mm -hmm. So when I'm traveling, I don't tell my children or my family I'm traveling. I said, <laughs> I'm going to work. Yeah. And so they know that they know the importance of work. Mm -hmm. Even though it's not easy, <laughs> mm -hmm. but we have to do it. Yeah. So that is a challenge. And yeah. The only one I've seen so far. And I know your family. Mm -hmm. They really love you, but they're also a part of this work too. Seriously. And everywhere we've gone together, mm -hmm. people have asked about your wife, Regina, and mm -hmm. your children. And they can travel with you mm -hmm. to these places on holidays. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's a, that's a gift to, to yes. have that. God, God knew that I'm going to need the family. <laughs> yes, yes. So in the midst of these challenges, whether it's leaving your family or water isn't coming and people are getting frustrated, how do you stay motivated to do this work? Well, my, my motivation actually comes from my role. Mm -hmm. uh, my role at HHI. Uh, I'm motivated by the responsibilities, the realities that come with my responsibilities mm -hmm. motivate me, you know. Uh, when you see that um, you're able to play a role, a small role, because it's actually God's, God's work. Yeah. Uh, if we go to the book of Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, everything that we do, we do as service to God. Mm -hmm. And so, when you know that the role you are playing, you are doing it for God. Mm -hmm. That really motivates me. Yeah. And I'm so happy to be considered worthy to play the single, the small role mm -hmm. in God's ministry. Yeah. Yes, that motivates me a lot. Mm -hmm. I know we're all playing a small role, mm -hmm. but I've definitely seen a lot of lives that have been blessed by the work that you're doing mm -hmm. and the relationships that you're building here. So when you think about the future of your work mm -hmm. and the future of healing hands in Kenya or in Africa. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you hope for the people you're working with? I am hoping to see in the future several communities having Christ-centered transformation. Mm -hmm. I also want to see in the future in Kenya, the communities that we are working with, I hope to see them being empowered to empower other Christ-centered communities. Mm -hmm. I also want to see, hope to see in future, in Kenya in particular, leaders being developed regionally and able to carry on yeah. with the work. Mm -hmm. That is, those are my hopes. That's great. Yes. We'll be praying for that. Please do. Thank you so much for sharing about your work today. Mm -hmm. My last question for mm -hmm. you. Since most of our listeners are in the U.S., in America, or in the West, I was wondering if you had something that the African church could teach to the American church or share with American Christians or Western Christians? Wow, yeah. You know, African Christians, the churches in Africa, have benefited so much from the church in America. Mm -hmm. And now it is time, I think, the American churches needs to look, back, look and learn from African churches. Mm -hmm. In Africa, it takes a village to be a Christian. Yeah. Everyone looks out for everyone. Mm -hmm. That may not be very true in America these days. And that is one lesson that um, we need to look. And I want to 
summarize what I'm talking about in the book in from the Bible in the book of First Timothy chapter six verse seventeen down to verse nineteen. Mm. That but tells us is that charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, mm-hmm. who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Mm. So the lesson I'm learning, um, I, would, I would like to, for American church to learn, is seeing the unity in the in African church, yeah, the togetherness. Mm. We suffer, we suffer together. Mm. We we grow, we grow together. We share, we love. That that union is very very important. This, the, being able to share, so we put our trust in God. Mm. We are so our hope is so much in God, and so I know when you have wealth. You tend to depend so much on your wealth. You may depend on so much on your credit cards, mm. real estates, the assets that you have. Yeah. And those may tend to shift your, your attention from God mm-hmm. and dependence on God. Mm. And so my, my wish, my hope is American churches to look back to Africa and also learn, just as it was in decades ago. That was how American church was. That was how, why they were able to evangelize the church in Africa. Mm-hmm. It would be a win-win for everyone that American church also look back to Africa and also take inspiration from the churches in Africa. Amen. Amen. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners about yourself or your work? I want to tell our listeners that we cannot do what we are doing as healing hands international if not for you and so even if even though you are not with us here in person but i want you our listeners to know that you are making godly impact you are enabling healing hands to do what is done through your donation really help us to be able to do what we are doing and i plead with you to continue to play a role in god's ministry because lives are being changed Communities are being transformed and people are coming to know the living God. God bless you as you continue and you consider helping us to do the part that we can to his own glory. God bless you. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. And we're so thankful for the remarkable person that you are and the work that you do and that God brought us together in this work and that we are connected to people all over the world who get to be a part of this village. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. God bless you. Tara, that was so insightful. So grateful that Jessica uh, took time out to do that during her trip to Kenya. You know, at the beginning, she said something that really stuck out to me regarding our vision for the podcast when she was talking to Ebenezer, where she said, the podcast is called It Takes a Village. At Healing Hands, it takes a village to do the work that we are doing and to do the work that God has called us to do. So we wanted to come visit you 
in your village. And you could just hear mm-hmm. his, in his voice, his gratitude for her coming. He actually said that a couple of times, but at, towards the end where he made a comment and he, he knows the value of community and he mm-hmm. knows the value of relationships and where he mentioned that African churches over the years have been blessed by American churches. Yeah. Uh, but now we see where American churches are learning so much from African churches. Mm-hmm. And that really is what um, It Takes a Village is all about, how yeah. we walk and live through life together and the value of community. And uh, even though there's a, a whole big ocean that separates us, um, we have a lot of commonality in that. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot that we can learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And I think he did such a great job. I mm-hmm. loved hearing what he had to say. And, you know, everyone's physical and relationship village is different. But I'm really glad we got to interview one of our own international staff members that are on the ground uh, in their own village mm-hmm. in Ebenezer. He was so good. I loved hearing from him. And I love hearing from our partners. His story's incredible. His mother passed away when he was two. His father just passed recently. He has a family. And a full-time job, very Mm -hmm. full-time job, and still managed to get two master's and a PhD, which is insane. He's technically the ag director in Kenya, but he oversees all the projects from all of our ministries. Um, I also really liked when he was talking about when he and Regina moved to Nairobi. He said, wherever God leads, we will follow. I feel like that has really been his mantra for life. He lives that way, and because of that, Uh, lives have been transformed and people have come to know full life and have come to know Jesus. And I have a ton of respect for him. And you know, everybody on our staff has such respect for Ebenezer. I mean, he's a full-time part of our team Mm -hmm. uh, here at Healing Hands. He's an employee of ours. He just lives in Kenya. Yeah. Chris Jingles on our staff. He's our CFO and he has been part of Healing Hands from the beginning. And they have a really close relationship. Chris and Cindy Herring were just there back in March. And I gave Chris a shout yesterday just to say, hey, give us some thoughts on Ebenezer because of their close relationship. And Chris said he was the pioneer for our ag ministry. He's the one that's made everything in the ministry happen. He's trained trainers. He's recruited trainers. He's worked out all the supervision and the relationships. He's done it all. Mm -hmm. And then when I asked Chris just about Ebenezer, his friend, um, the man, he said, Ebenezer is a devout Jesus follower, a wonderful husband, a great father. He has a leadership role in the local church. He is known all over Kenya. Everywhere you go in that country, everyone knows Ebenezer. Man, what a tribute. It's a great, just something great to be known for. Yeah. So thanks everybody for joining us and being part of our community here on It Takes a Village podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and keep listening to us on the podcast platform of your choice. If you want to learn more about what we do at HHI, visit our website at hhi.org and follow us on social media. While you're at it, share it on social media and help us spread the word. Special thanks to Maeva for creating the original jingle and to Kristen Harper from our office who produces this podcast. And a special closing shout out this week goes to our very own Caleb McCurry. Caleb! Caleb Caleb has been on staff with us for over six years uh, as a Walk for Water coordinator. And Caleb is going to be transitioning on from Healing Hands. He's got some other desires and ambitions that he's going to be chasing. And Mm -hmm. uh, we just want to say thank you, Caleb. Thanks for all that you've given to Healing Hands and to Walk for Water. 
and for uh, what you've poured into this ministry. Yeah, Caleb is one of my office pals. We're, we've been good friends ever since I got here, so thanks for all the laughs, Caleb. We yeah, love we're going to miss him, but we're excited yeah. for what lies ahead. Yeah. All right, so that's a wrap, and join us next time on It Takes a Village. See you later. Na, 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 na.